Hello everyone, welcome to European Talks, the only podcast in the Western Balkans that focuses mainly on the region's EU perspective. You may notice that this time the quality of sound differs from the one you're used to. This is because we are recording this episode remotely and respecting social distancing recommendations in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the ongoing pandemic can be observed as a case study for global, European and regional solidarity and cooperation, or the lack of thereof, and that will be our topic today. But the positive side of the current situation is that we can reach great guests who normally have a very busy schedule more easily than in normal circumstances, which is the case today with our guest, the Secretary General of the Regional Cooperation Council, uh, the former MP and EU Minister in Albania, Ms. Mailinda Bregu. Ms. Bregu, welcome to our podcast. Hello, welcome uh, to you in this uh, online uh, conversation. It looks like it's the only connection that brings us everywhere. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, first of all, uh, how are you? Are you working on distance? Uh, how is RCC functioning these days, uh, actually? Well, we cannot be off the grid. So, uh, yes, we are working, uh, teleworking, uh, mm-hmm. zooming in, zooming out, uh, having uh, meetings online, having uh, frequent chats in WhatsApp. So uh, that's mm-hmm. basically the new reality and the new normalcy of our day. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I think that and especially for women, we are all working at home. So some of the things that we forgot, or at least we didn't have much time, to be involved with, uh, as cleaning, cooking, and uh, all the rest, it's more frequent these days. Yes, and hopefully uh, after the pandemic that will be well uh, noticed and uh, and appreciated uh, (laughs) by the community. Uh, And uh, how do you see the current uh, situation when it comes to pandemic responses in the region and Europe? Uh, Well, what I see is that all the the economies of the region and everywhere globally, I would say, so everybody took immediate measures uh, just to be in line and then then to to help people to to feel safe, stay safe at home and trying uh, to respect that put as the main principle the common the common uh, interest of uh, of citizens and uh, that is happening in the region as well so uh, we saw a lot of uh, of uh, measures immediate curfews starting in some of the economies so albania started it the very first day was 9 of march with a severe i would say regime of curfew hours uh, and then other economies uh, followed based on uh, whenever uh, they they had the first the first passion. So uh, I see that all the economies have been uh, deeply involved in trying uh, to save lives and uh, and trying to limit the number of uh, of uh, accidents or casualties that might come come from this pandemic. And as a second phase that already started. Uh, what we are uh, reading and following carefully from different, uh, actually from all the economies from the region, but but even in the EU, uh, from the EU level, is the economic uh, plan, so the recovery plan, the fiscal packages that the governments are uh, are approving in order uh, to shorten uh, the problems that, that will uh, come out of this uh, pandemic situations. And then the economic challenge is going to be the biggest one. Mm-hmm. So harsh, harsh times in front of us. I know that somebody might not like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there are there are people that say hope for hope, hope for the best, as the saying goes, but prepare for the worst. Somebody might really not like to mention these days uh, how gloomy, or that the situation might be gloomy. 
But, well, I think the denial helps nobody. So we have to be clear enough that it's not going to be an easy call and easy game after after the health mm-hmm. uh, problem and uh, once once this pandemic will, uh, will be stopped. And how do you see the economic impact of the current crisis on the region? And, uh, for example, the, uh, com- the project for completion of the regional economic area, how, to what extent will all these uh, initiatives be affected with the... Uh, well, frankly speaking, we at RCC have been involving ourselves these times, so starting from uh, uh, mid-March, in uh, rearranging ourselves based on the uncertainty principle that the region, worldwide as well, will be will be present and felt. Uh, we know that our uh, agendas uh, will be quite difficult uh, to be to be completed or uh, endorsed fully. Uh, Once the priority is uh, somewhere else and the priority is not on uh, on the common agenda as business as usual, uh, as we envisaged some some years ago or in our plans, it means that uh, now we have kind to rearrange ourselves not to be and to fall in a dangerous uh, spiral of of difficulties and uh, retaliation of the situations. So uh, we are preparing a kind of, I wouldn't call it a document, but I would call it some new measures. Uh, actually, uh, the, the, the draft that we have prepared is called New Hope. I don't know how, how far and then how that will fit with, uh, with the new reality. But we are trying to work with like-minded people at the RCC in rearranging our agendas. Uh, so we know that tourism, for example, is one uh, of the areas that will be hit mostly. And we all know that uh, 10% of uh, all the GDP in the region, uh, it comes from uh, from tourism. That's how much tourism contributes uh, in the GDP of the region. While uh, we've been asking immediately uh, the agencies, the touristic agencies, uh, uh, so how do they see the situation how this situation is affecting them and uh, they say that uh, it means that the situation is going to be quite quite difficult because mostly and tellingly 42 percent of uh, tour agencies confirmed to us that they are cutting costs and some of them even sacked some employees so it means that these are going to be difficulties that we will all have to face then another big problem is the small and medium enterprises. Mostly 94.4% uh, are uh, small enterprises in the region. So I would say and restaurants, bars, uh, manufacturing, and all of those uh, will be the first ones to feel the immediate, uh, let's say, shortcuts from, from this crisis. So unemployment is, is expected to be to be higher. The growth that was projected for the region is expected to be, to be zero. So uh, the Western Balkans forecast uh, uh, from the World Bank was uh, roughly on 3.6% uh, growth for 2020. While uh, based on the estimations that they have provided and analysis, the situation might be from minus 1.1%, and this is the best scenario, up to 3 minus uh, 3.8%, and this is the worst scenario. But minus 3.8%, it means that the whole economic growth 
will not exist anymore uh, on 2020. So uh, I do, I do, I do feel that some difficulties will be will be in place, and uh, we just have to rearrange and and think on on how to make our agendas fit in helping the citizens of the region, economies, governments of the region to rethink on what they will have to introduce uh, in order to face all the difficulties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed, the, uh, the prospects, uh, as you described, really look uh, grim. Um, and where do you see then the space for um, enhanced uh, regional cooperation in the, these new circumstances? Have you maybe been noticing some positive examples of uh, cooperation among the Western Balkan countries now in the past month, or some some negative, let's say, or some somewhere where you, you would expect more cooperation? Uh, well, in principle, I would say that the region has got the idea that a go it alone game will bring us nowhere. Uh, we have to stay to stay next to each other, uh, connected, and uh, face the the problems uh, or the hostile situations uh, coming as from this pandemic uh, all together. So I think that this understanding is already present. We want more regional integration than fragmentation, and we would like to have in place. Uh, more uh, good neighborhood relations and more cooperation, which is uh, will be kind of a guarantee in an international system that not only has has been developed a lot from uh, from the Second World War, I would say, but it will be changed during the, during the, it will be changed in the near future. So we need to be interconnected and uh, staying close to to each other. Uh, if I have seen or we have noticed any sign of solidarity or cooperation during these days. Uh, yes, at the beginning maybe all were frustrated and the level of anxiety uh, was present almost uh, everywhere. Starting from EU and uh, then coming coming uh, to, to our uh, small part of, of the continent as well. It was present in here. Uh, we saw and we, we felt and we noticed a lot of confusion, uh, especially in terms of what was going to happen with the exports of the medical equipments. And you might remember uh, once uh, the EU uh, proposed the ban on exports of medical equipments, there was such a reaction from, uh, from the region. So on uh, 12th of March, uh, and this is one of those, of those uh, movements uh, that I'm really, really proud of, uh, RCC. Uh, we uh, decided after a brainstorming, uh, let's say among ourselves, that, okay, so guys, what shall we do now? Uh, we have a situation that never happened before. Uh, everybody uh, was caught by, by surprise. Uh, now we have problems and difficulties uh, in the region that derive from uh, the previous uh, situations and realities. We do have problems in, uh, in uh, border uh, controls or cross-border crossing points. We do have problems with the flow of goods and so on. Uh, and then uh, we decided to initiate a conversation or uh, to coordinate all the regional uh, uh, organizations and institutions plus the EU. Uh, near uh, is as is as you know our best uh, best interlocutor uh, in that or or the main counterpart and then we decided to call them all together and uh, 
talk about the possibility how to ease and to speed up these green lanes procedures. Uh, yes, you introduce the green lanes among themselves, but for us here in the Western Balkans, it is quite important to have those channels of communication, the green lanes to be functionable first among ourselves and definitely with the borders that we share with you. Uh, actually, there are 14 border crossing points uh, that Western Balkans economies share among each other and 18 with, with uh, EU member states. So the situation, uh, as, we, as we heard from, uh, from those days, was quite problematic. There were long queues uh, in, uh, in some borders. There were more, for example, that, uh, 60 kilometers of queue for 250 kilometers of, uh, of a drive. So the situation was quite complicated. Then we had uh, problems uh, in different uh, borders. We had problems uh, in the border between Bosnia-Herzegovina and, uh, and uh, Kosovo, or Montenegro and Kosovo, or Kosovo-Serbia, or, or North Macedonia and, uh, and Bulgaria, uh, Turkey as well, and North Macedonia. So there were, or Serbia-Hungary at the very first days. So we said, okay now, so if we'll continue, and if the truck drivers will, will have to spend more than, than two days to pass some uh, medicines or, or, or food or goods uh, and bring it to us. And uh, then if one economy uh, will ask to, to a driver uh, uh, a health certificate, if the other one will ask him to be quarantined for two weeks, if another one will tell him stop here, leave your truck because uh, one driver from, from our country and our economy will take your, your truck and, uh, and then will send it back to you. So, we saw that it was such a confusion in uh, in the region. Then the transport community, transport and SEFTA, uh, they uh, prepared one document that really eased and helped a lot the communication uh, and trying to set up some rules. Uh, let's say some uh, combining different different uh, different procedures to ease this uh, uh, this uh, movement of goods and and medicines uh, in uh, in the region. So we can proudly say that once we started to discuss, work together, plus the Sherpas of, uh, from the Western Balkans, and the Sherpas are the appointees from the Prime Minister's Office from the Western Balkans. EU member states as well joined us in this coordination and discussions. So all of this exercise resulted successful, and uh, these days, if you'll go and check to the transport community uh, webpage, or uh, uh, Ask for any info. Is there any 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 truck or convoy uh, being uh, held for more than two hours uh, in uh, cross-border checking points? Then uh, it will result. Uh, the the answer will be no. So uh, it's moving smoothly. I'm not saying that there might not be some some problems still uh, pertinent or some problems uh, that they face, uh, but nothing that that nothing is blocked. So. Uh, once we really had this idea to, to cooperate immediately, and that's what makes me, makes me think and, and believe that cooperation is a necessity, uh, then the situation started to, to improve. And that's something that, that uh, I, uh, I'm pretty much confident has to survive in this region. So the cooperation has to survive. That is real politics. Uh, uh, do you see the potential now for RCC really to uh, take advantage of this really severe and difficult situation in that sense that it uh, 
uh, in a way promotes more or incentivizes the sharp as you're mentioning and uh, your interlocutors in, in, in emphasizing this uh, need for greater integration of the region? Uh, listen, I don't see this uh, as a short-term selfish perspective. So uh, RCC uh, and other regional organizations as well, plus with with the governments from the region, because we are we we cannot uh, really deliver if the governments will cannot deliver and will not deliver. So we can help them coordinate, facilitate the the process, help them work together, develop uh, friendly communication resolve any disputes through the economy and through the economic development or the different platforms uh, uh, that we have through our capacity in trying uh, in being everywhere in the region so we can help the economies to have a common understanding on what does it mean to have to have young people involved more heavily in startups or to innovate better or to develop the digital uh, communication and the digital technology, which is going to be of utmost importance nowadays and after this pandemic, since everything looks like it's going to be mostly uh, online. So we can all uh, help of that. We had a very successful story, and I think that is one uh, one brand of the regional cooperation, which was the roaming uh, agreement. Yes. So we do expect this year from uh, uh, from last year when this agreement one uh, was endorsed in Belgrade during the digital uh, summit so we do expect that by the end of this year the tariffs will will uh, will be reduced uh, not only uh, phase by phase but will arrive then the the sum the end sum game will be zero tariffs for roaming in the western balkans we do expect whenever uh, the zagreb summit will will happen to start uh, working on a common uh, roadmap and guidelines for Rome like at home uh, uh, approach uh, between EU and and Western Balkans so these are all brands that we would like to develop well one would say are you really proud that everything is going fine and uh, do you really think that things will be be moving I would say uh, if there is willingness uh, political leadership and if there is that common common understanding that i that i mentioned previously mm -hmm. that we need to stand next to each other divided we will fall uh, then things can happen mm -hmm. uh, these days as well reminded us uh, on what on one of the agendas that was really really close to our hearts which is the mobility agenda part of the regional economic area, the recognition of diplomas and qualifications. Last year, uh, everything was ready technically. Uh, negotiations were done. Uh, economies expressed uh, expressed their their uh, let's say concerns, but they were ready to endorse uh, uh, as well uh, in Poznan summit. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now we've been thinking these days would have been better if that mobility pillar so the recognition of professions would have been in force from last year these days these would have been translated in more or in doctors being able to travel and work from one economy of the region to another once albania sent as part of solidarity call 30 doctors and nurses to italy wouldn't that have been bright and, and great 
if uh, one uh, if Albania or if if uh, if Serbia or uh, or or uh, Kosovo could have sent some doctors or nurses to each other to Bosnia Herzegovina or to Montenegro and so on. So if that agreement would have been endorsed last year, that would have been a chance uh, to face together this pandemic. Uh, so these are these are issues that that uh, that make you think on uh, the greater role that the cooperation can play in our lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent example in favor for sure. Uh, you mentioned now the Zagreb summit. Uh, um, what are your expectations of the, this EU Western Balkan summit? Whether it will happen eventually in Zagreb or in virtual manner? Uh, we were witnesses that. Uh, opening of accession talks with North Macedonia and Albania was one of the rare non-COVID related decisions that the EU leaders managed to, to make now on uh, the last European Council uh, summit. Uh, what are your projections when it comes to the future of EU accession process of the region? So the decision to open the accession talks uh, on Albania and North Macedonia was a great decision. For both countries might have happened uh, earlier. Uh, but uh, it's still it's still great that uh, now we have a green a green light on uh, on that, and I think that the Commission is already working on the negotiating framework, which uh, it means that uh, that might be might be ready if uh, not for June, but I'm quite confident that that yes June can be can be the first date, uh, then uh, definitely for the next Council. But who knows? Now the COVID uh, has has brought in some uh, some. Uh, let's say new new priorities uh, but that is really one of the best geopolitical decisions that the eu has uh, has taken uh, during uh, the last year uh, well i i do hope that uh, zagreb summit uh, will uh, happen soon maybe may time as uh, as it was planned maybe maybe online uh, actually, for us, uh, this is a quite an important year. We'll have two important meetings, events, or summits happening. One is the Zagreb summit, and the other one is uh, the Berlin process. That, for the very first time, will be chaired by one country from the region, so North Macedonia, and uh, Bulgaria. And that might be in uh, in fall time. At least that that was uh, that is the first plan. Uh, so uh, we do expect that this. Top-level commitment will uh, will continue, both in Zagreb summit and uh, and Berlin process as well. In Zagreb summit, I think that we will have uh, we'll have a lot to discuss uh, on uh, on the Green Deal that you introduced, the Green Agenda, uh, where West Western Balkans is going to be part of it. Uh, definitely, uh, I, I'm I'm quite uh, quite uh, confident that the Commission uh, for uh, Commissioner for Enlargement will bring. Uh, that macroeconomic uh, package financial assistance that they were uh, working so uh, let's see how that will be it will be uh, developed the coronavirus uh, crisis has hampered a lot of these preps uh, but uh, it has created definitely as I, as I said a lot of uh, distress as well but I'm pretty much confident then then we'll have uh, some uh, some good results coming from uh, from both uh, summits, and on the second one, on uh, on the Berlin summit, we'll have to introduce uh, the new regional economic area, or uh, uh, the the single market of Southeast Europe. So uh, 
will need now rea the the, the multi-annual plan that was uh, in force for for three years is almost fading out so we need now to introduce how this uh, uh, how that will continue so we'll see now uh, what form and how many the the further actions the economic uh, policies the investments as well uh, as well will be part of uh, of the new uh, map rea Mm-hmm. irrespective of the name that uh, we'll put on uh, on that. So in bringing the economies of the region uh, closer and in trying uh, as well uh, as well to to help them to have ownership first politically and then to help them move ahead and keep an eye open on the long-term challenges and the long-term cooperation. Mhm mhm. Um, so, if I understood well, you are uh, moderately optimistic about the, the future prospects of EU accession. All the events you are mentioning and initiatives promise uh, to bring uh, new momentum into the process. Listen, uh, I, I am one of those persons who knows the process and has paid the dues of this process mm-hmm. by being quite a long one in my, uh, in my own uh, country. Uh, Albania uh, signed uh, and started in 1996, then signed the Stabilization Association Agreement more than 12 years ago almost. It means that even that framework is a bit expired. So uh, I know how long the story might might be. Uh, I'm confident that it's still going to be a long road. But on the other hand, as well convinced that a real success story of geopolitics for this European Commission is mm-hmm. going to be the Western Balkans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If that is going to be, uh, or uh, let's say, uh, if this is going to be kept as the main priority, I think that within this mandate, Western Balkans uh, not only has to, but if played and managed successfully, can be the real geopolitical success of European Commission. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for the end, I cannot uh, not ask you about uh, your view on the role of the civil society in the EU integration process of the region. What is your position? When I started last year, uh, one of the first exercises that I had to involve myself in uh, RC- at the RCC was the new uh, strategic working document or the action, uh, the, working, the working plan, let's say, for the next three years of the RCC. Uh, and uh, we introduced in there, in this uh, strategic document, it will be, uh, again, uh, introduced and part of the new South uh, East Europe 2030 strategy, the important role of the civil society. Uh, I don't think that one can really play and face and face the challenges that are really time after time, even even invisible, or uh, or quite quite uh, suffocating ones for us, without having the partnership uh, with uh, civil society, think tankers, and the writers, media as well. So as you mentioned previously, somehow good news or concrete things that economies, people from this region, uh, even those working in offices, so the public administration does never comes in the front line and it never it never becomes 
uh, uh, news. So good news is never is never good news for for media. And I'm I'm one of those persons personally that I do believe that if civil society will not be coerced politically, and if civil society will not only be uh, money driven, but trying to criticize healthily and play an active role being involved in uh, in the decisions that the governments have to take and the institutions have to take keeping always an open dialogue with uh, citizens those who cannot really ask immediately or express their voice immediately and directly to to the government and civil society can do that it might be of an enormous help mm-hmm. and if i mention that cooperation and standing together and uh, and uh, not 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 spinning on uh, on uh, selfishness i think that uh, that one includes civil society uh, as well so one one major problem and one uh, uh, let's say mistake that any of our uh, economies in the region uh, can do is to decouple civil society from the decision making of mm-hmm. the governments Mhm mhm. Uh Ms. Bregu, uh is there anything uh that uh, we haven't raised in this uh, conversation that you would like to mention for the end? Well, our podcast uh happened in these times of lockdown, so we are all all locked locked at the, at home. Uh and then maybe is a common denominator of everybody or the only common denominator of all the humans these days. Uh, what I can say is that yes, we are prepared and aware uh, that uh, these crises might have uneven and uh, unequal effects as well to to our economies. Uh, it will have difficult and it will have some uh, some social uh, effects and it will hit specific sectors mostly. Uh, some of those uh, already are feeling the pinch. Uh, what might happen that might help uh, help the whole uh, the whole region as well is uh, trying to promote and help not only the economies uh, and and the business uh, that will be hit it hardly but as well trying to welcome in times of crisis uh, what you as well is trying to do for this region 70% of exports and imports from western balkans uh, are with the uh, eu so the eu is the is the major and the biggest investor in the region and uh, i i think it's good to mention and to welcome the fact as well uh, that even in times of uh, of stress and in times of of uh, confusion uh, there re- there are some funds and uh, uh, the eu has already provided and foreseen for uh, for the region So the 410 million euros that will bilaterally support our uh, economies uh, plus the 290 million euros that will be of help for our economies as well to regenerate and and try to to recover from uh, from the difficulties that we are facing are uh, are a good sign of that then what uh, i think has to be mentioned and these as well has not been uh, quite broadly uh, part of uh, of the reports from media is that for the very first time after 2002 eu involved and gave access to the solidarity fund which is 
a mechanism that was introduced for EU member states. But this time, for the very first time, Albania and North Macedonia were given access with the understanding uh, that uh, very soon they will officially start the negotiations. Well, uh, I would say it would have been great if uh, Kosovo and Bosnia-Herzegovina would have been part of that solidarity fund. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hope that by not being able to be part of this solidarity fund, which goes to, as I mentioned, EU member states plus four economies from Western Balkans that are negotiating or in the process of starting the negotiations, that might be a good start as well for you, civil society, and us all to think on concrete proposals on this solidarity fund based on the principle that solidarity goes and should be, should be applied to everybody and to all the economies. Mm -hmm. And the Solidarity Fund was also, ben Serbia benefited from this fund back in 2014 during the floods. And thanks for raising this topic for the end, I think. It's yes, because you were negotiating at that time as well. Yeah. Yes, it was yeah, just after we opened the accession negotiations. Yeah. But for sure it's good as a reminder because it appears that at least in the Serbian public discourse, uh, this is quite overlooked. Uh, Ms. Bregu, uh, thank you very much for your time and uh, for this uh, conversation. Thank you to you and I wish you good luck and stay safe, stay home. Yes, stay home and stay safe and uh, let's hope for the best.